three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the Stoned Apes Podcast. And you were joined by the three motherfuckers and some other guy called Coach Tom. How you doing, Coach Tom? Doing good. Thanks You're for You're doing me, good? So, Coach Tom, you are a purple belt at 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. Awesome. And you also do some other things, like you sell insurance and real estate and other types of stuff, huh? Yep. Yeah. So you're a relatively successful guy then? You could say that. Yeah. In jujitsu or in business? In everything. In everything. Ooh, <laughs> confidence. Love it. Wow. Winning. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's a theme. <laughs> All right. So, well, welcome to the podcast, man. We're excited to have you. We've had you booked for this for a while. So you've been looking forward to it? I have. Now, it's kind of not fair that I have to follow like a priest that could see the future and <laughs> talk to dead people. I'm, everybody will be disappointed if uh, after this one, but no. I'm 100% sure we'll get high enough to talk to dead people. That's a good... <laughs> I see, I I see, see the Anthony writing on the wall. High enough to. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to go ahead and get high. It's been a day. Damn. That's some really good whiskey. Dude, yeah. so Dang. check this out, Stone Apes Nation. So the captain brought in his brew. If you haven't listened to the Four Brothers episode yet, you should go back and listen to that because we talked to the Four Brothers guys about a mead and then making a mead shine. And they said that what they didn't have was they didn't have the the whiskey or the base or the shine base to go with it. And our man, the captain over here, said he's got this. And so he brought us in a sampling of his stuff today and we were going to give that a try and i have to say i'm impressed yes very much so really impressed it's caramely superb oh the top notes are great top notes are so much caramel on the top yep it's full bodied it's really spicy i do agree i think i like it on ice Mm -hmm. it's kind of got you know sometimes when you get those real spicy ones i like when they're on ice instead of neat but man this is fantastic it's smooth how old is this i think you're at the Technically, it's at the two-year mark, um, but when I pulled that out, it is, I think we're at about 14 months on that bottle. Wow. wow. That's impressive. So the, the current Dude. stage of this stuff is obviously way better than what you're tasting right now. It's already better than half of the stuff I buy at the store. For sure. I mean, I easily, easily. I would compare to this to like a Johnny Walker Black. Yeah, I mean that's a maybe better. I would honestly, man. I'm telling you what, you give that another year to age, and I think that would go toe to toe because it reminds me. I can I can really tell the McAllen inspiration. So you're a huge McAllen fan. So and it tastes so much like McAllen. Is that the 12 or the 18 that was the inspiration for that? 12. 12. I thought so. That's nice. Very, very nice. I'm happy. You killed it for sure. So I think those guys are going to be super excited when they get to taste this. That's going to be a big deal. So I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. So do you make anything like that? I brewed beer before. I brewed whiskey before. Um, How how did that go? It's okay. Got you drunk. (laughs) Got you drunk. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Nothing nothing to to run home with. So how did those experiences start? Um, just wanted to. I'm a hobbyist, so I just one day bought the equipment, and uh, and started uh, yeah, putting it together, figuring it out, trying different recipes. Um, I never made the same thing twice, but everything was always good. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what kind of beer do you like? I don't know. It just depends on the mood I'm in or what I'm eating with it. But I mean, I usually do like a, a stout. 
That's probably my, my go-to. Man after my own heart. <laughs> Fair. I'm not, more of an amber ale kind of guy. I'm not a beer drinker at all. Really? Yeah, mm. no, I do like yeah. beer. I used I to like love both. drinking beer. I don't drink beer anymore. I like a good stout. But I did. I did enjoy beer for a long period of my life. I get really into craft beers and stuff. So, But yeah, amber ales are definitely where I, I really like enjoy being. I really like that at Main and Mill. They do a really oh, good job yeah, with that's that. Really good. That's amazing. Peanut butter and jelly. The Fat Elvis. You had that one? I haven't had that one. It's got some like... Uh, banana i think in it or something oh, it sounds gross oh no i'm a sucker for <laughs> i'm a sucker for anything with peanut butter in it though it oh. just tastes so good that's one of those sweet treats to get you mm. so it's like you're a so you brew beer you do jujitsu you like you, i feel like you dabble in a lot of everything like a jack of all trades yeah for sure yeah um, i guess i i start different things and then i i try to make money from it and then i get i see something else and then i i jump into that and and yeah it's it's uh it's kind of fun just knowing a little bit about everything. Right. Yeah. I find myself that way, but I think that comes with a personality trait of mine. I'm a, what they call a flash in the pan kind of guy. Like, I'll get into something, and then I go, like, all in, and then I'll exhaust that, and then I jump to the next thing. And then I go all in, and that's how I'm like, you know, then you, it's when you get to where you're like, you know so much about all those different things. So you sound like you're a lot like that. Yeah, there's sections of my garage I probably should throw away a lot of my stuff or mm-hmm. give it away, my, my beer brewing equipment and stuff. I haven't done it in a while, but maybe we should get together and do that. And it's always yeah. fun. It takes a few hours while you're boiling and throwing in the ingredients and hanging out. I've done it once. Yeah. yeah. I've never done it. I haven't done anything like that. Stone Ape Spear. I actually, yeah. Spear. There actually, we go. <laughs> Elliot gave me some of his uh, honey from his uh, colony, and him and I were going to try our hand at making our own mead just because it won't be on par with Four Brothers. No, it would be like that basement stuff. Not yet. Not not yet, but, I mean, it's just interesting to try kind of how they did, you know, hobbyist level, whatever. Well, it's that that experimentation. Yeah, whose bathtub are you using? (laughs) I've got a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) That got weird. (laughs) There was looks that were exchanged there that I'm not 100% sure what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> don't act like you So tell know. me what made you start jujitsu. Um, I guess after I got married, I was 30, I think, when I got married. And I was, I was quite portly. And so I was looking for something to, to get back into shape. And, um, and then I was coaching Little League Wrestling, and I was becoming the fat coach. And I didn't want to be that either. And so I wanted to kind of do something... And then I was also watching Walking Dead, and I was thinking about all the different skills you might need for post-apocalyptic stuff. This is back when, I guess, Hillary was supposed to beat Trump, and I'm like, oh, man, well, what are we going to do? And I wanted to learn, like, what kind of skills, you, and I'm like, martial arts will be a good one to, to know and, and pass on and stuff like that. So. RNC a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I jumped in and started out. I'm just about, I'm sorry. I love you, brother. But I'm thinking about how ridiculous what you just said actually is. <laughs> For sure. Okay. You're like, so I'm watching this apocalyptic movie and I'm kind of thinking about the end of the world. And I'm like, yo. I gotta survive this motherfucker. Yeah. You know what? I should probably learn jitsu. Because <laughs> choking out a zombie seems like a thing to do. <laughs> I just got a mental image. I totally of 100% Tom. agree, though. Yeah. I got a mental Tom. image of, oh of Tom choking the shit out of a zombie and it just sitting there going. <laughs> I'm just picturing like what jits moves are going to be appropriate. A lot. Oh, oh my God. I was a thinking, lot. you know, in, in those shows and stuff, they're always walking through the woods and they hit a wall. And the guy's up there. He's like, we'll let you in, but what can you offer us? What, what skills do you have? 
And so, like, you know, like first aid and, and gardening and hunting and martial arts was one of them, making beer, making whiskey. And so that kind of kind of started me into getting into jujitsu. Okay. Man yeah. after my own heart. But you say you were a wrestling coach oh, and you wrestled yeah, before. I did. Okay. I did. How long did you wrestle? Um, I wrestled Little League for a bunch of years and then I got back into it in junior high. I did it in high school. I broke my elbow my junior year and then I didn't wrestle anymore. I could have kept, you know, like staying in shape and got in at the end of the season, but I was, I liked partying too much. It was, mm-hmm. and I, did, I was done. So, um, yeah, quit then. Then I kind of, after college, my friend was coaching Little League Wrestling. I was living right by the high school and he's like, just start stopping in. And next thing you know, the, the coaching staff leaves and it's me and my friend and we have this team. I'm like, oh man, I got to figure this program out. So we had about eight kids. And um, when I got done with it, we had about 75 kids. And so we grew a really big, nice program. And um, yeah, it did good. I haven't been part of it now. I think it's down to about 30 kids. Um, I'd love to get back into it again, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does yeah. take a lot of time for sure. So you say in high school started that. Like, So were you born and raised here or like where are you from originally? Up in uh, in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit north. <laughs> right on. How much of you feel that's helped your jujitsu progression? The wrestling. Yeah. It's because so the wrestling practices you're drilling, drilling, drilling nonstop. It's it's definitely helped me become better in practice. The um, grind. Yeah, yeah, the grind for sure, and uh, you know not not messing around, and and now that I'm an adult, I'm there, I'm paying to get in shape. I don't need to get there and sit around and not work out. I'm there to work each time. And so that's definitely helped too, but yeah, it's definitely helped for sure. So we were talking about running IBJJF and Jiu-Jitsu and things like that. You've competed with us before. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to compete again? Yeah, I definitely will. I, uh, I need to tie in a good two months, I would say, of getting to the gym at least two or three times a week with no injuries. Once I do that, I know when I'm in shape. I know when I start putting the boots to people again, but mm-hmm. I'm out of shape right now. I've uh, had some injuries and surgeries and things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back no, now. So if I don't get injured, I could do it in a month and a half, two months, jump back in. Okay. Like, so go on, Sam. No, no. I dig it. Yeah. Jack of all trades thing. So what's your biggest interest at the moment where you go in? Where's Tom's focus besides chainsawing? Yeah, chainsaw. He says that because I got hit by a tornado over two weeks ago, and so that's all I've been doing lately. But um, I like investment real estate, so I've just been been buying up properties recently, just trying to trying to get some cash flow going and kind of build my my retirement early. That's kind of been my my main focus right now. You're looking for that mailbox money. That'd be nice someday. Yeah, yeah. CEO life. Exactly. So how many properties do you currently own? Um, investments, four properties, five doors. Um, nice. Yeah. And so, and then, well, and then I have, I do, I do tax lien auction as well. So I go to the, the courthouse every year and I bid on people that are behind on taxes and bid on those properties. So I own eight of those right now. Nice. And sold nice. two of them this year. You happen to own a very important piece of property, don't you? I do. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Um, sure. And actually I brought another present too. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we got presents. You, this, you're you're the Earth. first guest to like bring us a bunch of gifts. <laughs> you know what this is? I do know what this is. Is this the keys? It's the keys. Oh, 
That sounds That's like the cool. entrance to Common Ground. Oh, that is like. the entrance to Common Ground. So this is the keys to Common Ground Studio. And that's going to be on North Mill Street down in historic downtown Main Street. Can you believe that? We're going to be at the corner of Main and Mill. We're going to have Common Ground Studio down there. They're going to put the podcast out there. It's going to be epic. Uh, you got big plans for that building, don't you? I do. I don't know how. It just depends on when the money comes because some of that stuff is not immediate turnaround in money. It's not something I'm – it's in my comfort zone. But um, I definitely would love to put a giant stage rooftop – deck on top of that building um to tie that into downtown festus um i know they have a lot of uh, a lot of festivals and stuff down there and um yeah it it would be cool I'm gonna get some bids soon but i it, it'll be a lot of money to do that and i could figure out a couple of different ways to monetize that to to make it worth it and once i find something that really will pay it off quickly then I'm, i'll just go and do it yeah you're really looking to make that building like a landmark downtown because it's right next to the park too and they do all the holiday stuff and the festivities of the park and the yep. parades right yep. so that's really just kind of the hub of the city so to speak yep. yeah mm-hmm. and you got the corner of the city <laughs> yeah and we're excited I'm to be a part of that crazy ideas yeah. in my head already you got some ideas okay <laughs> okay I'm, I'm all ears oh we're super excited i'm super excited to get the studio <laughs> down there i want to be able to shoot the podcast and yep. look out those big windows and to see main street and to see the people as they're walking by like that's going to be a really uh, a thrilling experience and one that i'm looking forward to and the building is beautiful it's going to be epic when we get it all painted up and we get everything done there we got big surprises coming so yeah really hope that we're going to make that building a landmark in the city and you know as people start you know giving directions based on where we're located and that's going to be awesome we get it painted up the way we're talking about they're not gonna be able to miss it exactly yeah so Got to get, got to get some artists on board here. <laughs> so we got a good network of those going. So hopefully that's going to pan out for us. But uh, yeah, well, thank you for purchasing that building. Thank you guys yeah. for renting it and and putting putting this podcast studio in there. That's awesome. Oh, it's know, it's, it's exciting. Oh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Yeah, and there's big plans for that, so we'll get it out. And then it's a right down from Four Brothers, so we got all those other businesses on Main Street that we love so much, and then hopefully they're going to be on the podcast in the future as well. So there will be a lot of collaboration going on downtown, and that will be fun for people, all those events. Because Main and Mill puts on events too. So, you know, there's like two or three events there, and then you got the Four Brothers events. They put on two to three a year, plus the little holiday events. Car shows and, and car yeah, and Exactly. Yeah. And then you got the Twin City Days that's oh, during yeah. the summer. I mean, there's so many events. So you guys out there in the audience that are listening, especially to future episodes, make sure you come down and check out those events. You'll have a chance to meet us, come by, see the studios, get to get to meet some of the people that are on the podcast. That should be an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. So, can't believe we have keys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yours. Oh, it's crazy. Day is the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right before the end of April too. Perfect. So we're in business. <clears throat> what else are you into right now? Jujitsu. Jujitsu. That's a good answer. <laughs> I, I, I really yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I seeing you walk around and seeing you in the gym and now more outside the gym, getting to spend a little more time with you, which has been awesome. Just get to see you kind of just in the your feeling like you feel good you have good energy you're just walking around if you i mean yeah you you just got hit by a tornado <laughs> but we're out there cleaning up having a good time while we're doing it yeah. you know like we're still having it i wanted like, to help too if it wasn't just me and yeah. my daughter right now i was gonna be there but she yeah. she gives no you could have loaded wood on the stroller you've seen her right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
But is there like a is there a philosophy behind that? Is there a direction that you're trying to keep your energy or per se your where no. do you hold your juju? Is I guess I just don't let things bother me. I know I think everything happens for a reason. Um, so like the tornado took out the tree that blocks the sun on my pool. So that's great that now we'll get sun on the pool early. Warm it up faster. Yeah. yeah, we were gonna move that fence eventually. We're gonna push it up now. So. A lot of good things with the with the tornado happening and and now we're also upgrading our septic system and stuff too now and so yeah i mean i kind of just let things roll off me and um yeah just keep plugging away so where do you see in five years <laughs> ten years five years i'm hoping that i have enough passive income to replace my active income um and so that i'm, I'm never going to retire but um but have enough rental properties and, and like I said, passive income coming in where I, I wouldn't need any of the other jobs if I didn't want them anymore. Um, and, yeah, I mean, but pretty much in Festus, maybe the, the mayor of Festus. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just... Uh, Did you just throw your head in? No. Oh, no, come on. I'm not a like, politician. Come on. No, no, no. If you... <coughs> go back on my Facebook and find keg stands in high school. And then I'd, I'm not going to win just any elections. Done. <laughs> done. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just own it. <laughs> it, it worked for the orange guy. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. yeah. I'm a real person. Ta- Coach Tom, right? Genuinity is real. Yeah. Well, I think what you said earlier is important. I think really it is how you look at things, right? In everything, there is good and bad. Mm-hmm. And if we focus only on the bad, then that's what we're going to see is only the bad. And then if we choose to focus on the good, like Tom did in that situation, he was like, yeah, this sucks. You know, I have obviously there were bad things that happened, but here are some of the positives. Here are things that are future positives that maybe I didn't plan on doing right now. And when you change that perspective and you change your outlook on it, it will change your focus and it keeps you with a better energy. You know, you don't always have to. You don't always have to be in charge of everything that's happening to you to be okay with everything that's happening to you. Mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's two different things. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't. Uh, I don't screw people over. You know, I don't do things intentionally bad to people. So I just figure that that comes back at some point. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You try to live just an authentic life and just be you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got a little sense of urgency for retirement just because i've seen people come to my my office before and they they're they're retired they're trying to reduce their bills they they're asking about uh you know either life insurance or something else and you know they find out that they can't afford it now now that they're in their 80s and they're trying to get it and i see them look at each other and that look is like we've we've done it wrong Mm -hmm. and like that's terrifying yeah and yeah I relate to that a lot in my industry. Yeah. I've been doing taxes since '04, and you see people in all different walks of life come in, and you get to see them at retirement in different stages of life. And so you're right. Some of those retirement stages are difficult because these people are now living on these fixed incomes at very low points, or they, you know, they're not living a lifestyle that you would consider quality by any measure. And or they end up in nursing homes and I've had to watch them liquidate their assets and, you know, the bills that come in. And it's just like 
it gives you a whole new perspective. And then when you see that person and then they're in the 20s and you're like, you know, you should really be putting away to your retirement. And they go, ah, oh, no, I don't need that. And it's like, you, it's, I wish you could just get them to see the other side of that. Yeah. It's yeah, like, you know, at the other end of this is, is something that you have to really consider. Well, and I think something a lot of most people miss, honestly, which I think is really unfortunate. We've kind of talked about it before, but it's not just about us. Like, try to build the generational wealth so y your kids are that much set ahead. It, you know, um, it's like right now, I know I've got my daughter has a lot of advantages because I retired in the military, like her college will be paid for and whatever, but that's, she'll that's have awesome. a, she'll have a house, you know, everything else. But for me, it's, it's bigger than that even, you know, and it's, it's teaching, not only teaching her to pay it forward for, for her kids, if she has them, um, but, uh, to just continue to grow and develop, you, you know what I mean? A lot of people, you need to leave a legacy somewhere and somehow and i think if more people focused on that they'd be better overall right well i think that just is focusing on you that's a simple choice you make that choice is do i want to make sure that my behaviors and actions every day influence others in a positive way and if you do that at the micro level then that carries on to the macro you know you'll you'll set that 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 trend in place you'll create that behavior to where that'll take care of itself Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my grandfather, God rest his soul, he passed about a year, a little over a year ago, I think. Um, he sent me something one time, and it was something to the effect of your your thoughts become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your character, your character is who you are. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really impactful. Well, that's so interesting that you said that because I, I've had an interesting week where I've had the opportunity to be talking to a, a number of different people. And I will tell you something that I have seen this week is outlook and perspective. I have watched so many people do things over the, uh, over the course of this week that people that I would consider successful, people that I would say are, are competent individuals and in, by any measure, right? And rational individuals, intelligent, all the above. But then I would watch them limit themselves or I would watch them shape their statements or the way that they would look at something. And it would be, oh, well, I will never do that. Or, well, I don't think that's doable or we can't do that. And I was like, you just told yourself what you can't do. You already created the outcome before you even had the problem. And it's like, wow, how are you not seeing that? You know, and mm -hmm. it's like at one point I had the conversation, I had to stop the person and be like, no, we don't talk like that. We don't say, I can't, we will never. We say, okay, that's a challenge. Now, how do we do this? Yep. When will we fix this? Mm -hmm. How will we be successful? We don't even use that other terminology. Once you utter those words, you've already failed. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's obviously, I'm a little soapboxy about it because that's been a real big part of this week. And it's like, man, I, it's a guys, you've got to talk yourself into what you want. I, mm -hmm. I, I used to say that when... Uh, when I was still with the other company, um, it's not a matter of there. There is no can't. There's always a way. Yep. Be water. Find the how. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Well, like, can I soapbox for a second, guys? Do you mind? Can no. Can I take the stage for like two minutes? Because you're right on. I know. Yeah. Do, well, you know. Fuck Real. you. All. Preach it. Preach Here we go. <laughs> all right. Listen up. I just gave this 
this, and I think I talked about this once before in the podcast, so I'm going to briefly go over it. But, you know, I was in, I was giving my manager's meeting this year, end of year employee meeting. And we, when we do things, we go over like philosophies of management. And one of the philosophies of management, the, the number one philosophy of our management system is our critical thinking style. Right. We have developed a critical thinking style so that we have steps of critical thinking that we follow. And what that does at a micro level, it ensures that at least everybody is making decisions on relatively the same platform. And then that will carry over into everything else. Right. And so one of the beautiful things about critical thinking is it identifies people in two groups. The first step of critical thinking is you have to identify the problem. You see what's going on out there. You see what it is. You have to identify the problem. So most people can do that, right? I would say the majority of the world is capable of looking at that and saying, I have that problem. But this is where the world separates. We have two different types of people that start at step number two. At step number two, your choice is once you have identified the problem, then you have to start coming up with solutions to the problem. You have to identify possible solutions to the problem. And then you, that's where you have two types of people. Because you have some people that will walk up and they will say, they will see a closed door. And they will go, that door is closed. Can't go through. They want to go into the other room, but the problem is the door is closed. So that's all they ever see door is closed. Could be locked, could be whatever the case may be, but to them, the door is closed. And so those are the people that you always hear them. You know, one day I'm going to get in that room. You come back two years later, you know, what's going on? Ah, man, the door's been locked. It's been locked this whole time. Can you believe it? I still can't get in that room. You come back another year later, where you at? Man, that fucking door is still locked, dude. Can you believe it? I can't get in the room. And there are so many people that live that way their whole life. The other type of person sees that situation and they say, well, I have to come up with solutions. I want to get into the room. How do I get into the room? We have a lot of ways, right? One, we can just try to open the door. It may just be unlocked. You know, I was right. A I was a breacher, right? Exactly. <laughs> a master breacher. Exactly. You can pick, you pick the lock, kick in the door, breach that motherfucker, blow down the goddamn wall. Fuck it doesn't the matter. Door, I'm going through we will, the wall. We will find a way to go into that fucking room, right? And so then you got the people to do that, and that's fine. So at step two, you have that. Step three. Everybody then has to make a decision of those possible solutions, which one is the most reasonable, which one is going to get us into the room, which one is the one that we want. We may not want to blow down the wall. There could be reasons for that, right? We have to, we have yeah. to make a calculated decision. And then we will choose step four once you've looked through those choices and you've identified what you believe to be the best solutions, then you execute and then you put them into place. And that is where we have the second identifier because this is where we have people in this world that can identify a problem. They can identify solutions to problems. But then we have the third, the, the, the second separator, which is not everybody can take action. Not everybody executes. There are a lot of people in this world that have the answers to the problems, then they just fail to take action. They stand still. They don't move. And that's where you lose people. It's like, no, you have to execute. You know, that's what they teach you in the military, and Sarge is going to back me up on this, right? We're out there. We take fire. What's the first thing that we do? Disengage, right? I'm going to get to cover. I'm going to take in, I'm going to assess the situation, I'm going to take in my data points, I'm going to come up with solutions for this problem, I'm going to look and modify that to my objective, then what am I going to do? I'm going to take action. I'm going to shoot back first because fuck the problem. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? But you're going to do that getting to cover, right? Yeah. And yeah, then you're yeah. going to assess, right? Then you're going to come I'm up with solutions. Yeah. Rambo. Anyway, but... That's how we're going to do it. And then we're going to constantly redirect that based on feedback. We create feedback loops and we can come in and make decisions. And it's just, it. I think this is a skill that people are just missing. 
I don't think this is being taught. I don't think critical thinking and decision making is something that is being taught to people on a regular basis. Because when you look at how people make decisions, they talk themselves into decisions instead of evaluating situations and making decisions based on that. And I don't know. It just that's really impressed upon me this week the importance of not just being someone who identifies solutions, but being somebody who takes action. Do you think it's something that some people are can learn or is there some people that can't learn that i don't know i th i think for me it was taught to me yeah. i don't think this is a natural skill of mine at all i think it was developed and taught over years um i think the military was a big part of that i think the military teaches you critical thinking skills especially mm -hmm. in high stress situations um but then I developed a lot of that, I think, as I got into college, especially the higher into college I got, the more that I got into philosophy and philosophy of management, then I started to understand more about like behaviors that go behind um, philosophical ideals or structures, right? And so sometimes those behaviors can be like what we talked about, decision-making processes or, or key components, right? You know, we, we identify stuff like that as like your organs, your heart, right? That your, your critical thinking ability, how, how an organization makes decisions, how an individual makes decisions is the heartbeat of that individual's life, regardless of their direction. If they, if they could say whatever they want, they can say, well, I want to be this, I want to be that, I'm going to be president, I don't care. You make decisions every day that keep you from being president, you're never going to be president. <laughs> and that's your responsibility. And mo that's what I realized is most people are just limiting themselves in that. They're making the decision not to pursue the things that they want. Well, it's the, there's that quote, I don't remember who said it, but stillness is death. Right? And it's, it's sort of the same thing. Business, life, combat. They're fluid, dynamic environments. And uh, when a lot of people look at entrepreneur people, we've talked about it before. Everybody sees the success; they don't see everything else. Mm -hmm. For every success, there's usually a lot of failures. They don't see the recalibration, the reassessing, and then the the ways of moving forward. You, you know that you eventually, you know, you're not always finding the path of least, least resistance, but at some point you're figuring out what works and then there tends to be compounding effects based on that if you have that mindset that leads to true success. Well, I agree with that. And I think that comes down in the mindset too and, and mindset as... And mindset as um, what you're looking for as forward as your outcome, right? So... I don't know. You guys distracted me. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, I was like, I damn it. Was was going Danny, really good. Danny found who, found who said the, the I was quote. like, I was um, over here, and then you guys rotten. start like nice. pointing fingers and shit, and I'm like, we're trying to roll a joint. You can like, say words. It's, uh, it's Haz Hazrat Inyat Khan. Actually, I think I what heard it. What the? Yeah, I'm not going to remember. No, no, I think I, I think I actually heard that I read from that uh, Ed, Ed Calderon. He's a counter custody expert. I, I kind of got... Like Not it. linked up. We've spoken before when I became a Libre uh, fighting instructor. Um, he kind of welcomed me in. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, welcome welcome to the guild or whatever. But he has that quote, and he's definitely an expert in counter custody and other things. He's a cool guy. Yeah, well, he, he him and Scott Babb were like, yeah, if you want to come down to the Tijuana counter custody course where they literally kidnap you and flashbang you, they're like, it's different than no the one we teach in the States. <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> 
no. No. I'll stay home for that one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's real, though. <laughs> You're saying <laughs> volunteers for this shit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll mm. pay you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pay you to flash. How much does the flashbang cost? Because I'm paying for it. Yeah, what would it cost you to get flashbanged? Probably Ooh, a lot. You know how many times dirty. I've a been trip flash- to Tijuana, dude. I threw a case of <laughs> yeah. flashbangs my last tour in Iraq, the last month. A case myself. You eat those a lot when you throw them. You know the phrase I got flashbanged in Tijuana. Sounds a lot different. <laughs> Sounds like a podcast episode. <laughs> Sounds a lot different than what you would think. So I have an actual question. What does that feel like? A flashbang? Yeah. Uh, Shitty. If we had a camera lens and I could box your ears close, I have a funny, well, it's not a funny story for the family, but I have a funny story about Iraq, about throwing a nine banger in because we thought we were rolling in on seven armed individuals and it wasn't uav feeds only show hot spots but i flash banged a whole family and then i spear tackled and beat the shit out of two guys who were not bad guys because we were told bad intel but you speared them spear tackled yeah yeah like me and my assistant team leader got two of the males the rest were women and children like uh Funny story. I'll tell that one at a different time. There's <laughs> 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 a very awkward tension. Actually, I almost actually died landing a Blackhawk you know, in a courtyard because of a dust storm that I, same night. I'll pay you a credit, though. You're one of the few people in the world that can actually make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> Good. <laughs> He's like, we need those in okay. our <laughs> I'm like all easing over in the chair. No, I'm gonna be fine. It's fine. Yeah, unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> unicorns and rainbows. Unicorns and rainbows. Shit. Oh man. Good times. What's up? What's up? <laughs> talk about the gift. What do you want? To, what do you want to talk about? Sure, we can. We can talk about the gift. Uh oh. Uh oh. The stone dates have something. What is that? What did you bring us? I brought you guys some mushrooms. Some mushrooms? What kind of mushrooms are those? Uh, B plus is what, what their name is. B plus? Yes. Yeah. They're not A's? <laughs> like, wait, were we not good enough for the A grade? <laughs> I don't even know if they make them. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> So what does B plus mean? It's just the name of them. But they're they're really strong, good mushrooms that uh, kind of go along with the Stone Day podcast. And I uh, figured you guys might want to try those. Right. Oh, absolutely. How long have you been dabbling in that? I think, I guess a couple of years. Uh, a friend of mine got me into that. Um, and you're able to, I mean, it, it, it's free, or not free, but legal to buy spores in America. Mm-hmm. So you can order the spores, and they just kind of grow themselves at that point. And yeah. so, yeah. So how fast do those produce? Like uh, that that little bundle cluster whatever that beautiful flower that beautiful flower <laughs> is gorgeous so it's about what is that like, about four inches across about that's about a three and a half four inch round once the two inch deep circle that's a monster yeah once they start pinning once they start fruiting that the pinning is when they come up a little bit a week and then they're that size like it's pretty fast but it takes a while for the mycelium to colonize all the substrate 
and so that could take a few weeks um, before you put it before you put it in the in the substrate in the fruiting chamber, and then um, it colonizes the substrate there, starts pinning, and then for like a month straight, you'll just get them flushing, and just pick them every couple days. Hmm. And now, how do you dry them? How long do you get like? Those have been sitting out for like five days, and then usually I will dehydrate them, and then you can put them in a bag after that. But yeah, those have just been sitting out. So do I meet God if I eat one of those? Yes. <laughs> so those are strong. Fair. No, Notice was there, was, there was no, no hesitation. hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it right like, now. fuck around and find out. And Anthony, I'm like, oh. Anthony. So no, well, I have to, I have to, to go to the open mat tonight, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show up at open mat on no, no. Do, do you have to go anywhere? I do. I, I have to I have to take my youngest to open <laughs> mat. Yeah, we can't do that. That would be terrible. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Tenth Planet O'Fallon would love that. <laughs> mm. I don't think they'd hate it. <laughs> it's, it's, it might be a trend. It would feel um, that. Tenth Planet baby. So what is the safe dosage? Like how do you figure that out? Because I've I've no idea. Yeah. Micro, yeah. little. <laughs> yeah, look in your pants so. and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Call uh, him Tuna Can Tommy. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine. No, it's uh, boom. So, so that has a bunch of them on there. Just find the smallest one and do half that, and that's probably a good microdose. Um, when you microdose, you actually don't feel it. You don't you don't trip or anything. It kind of just it elevates you a little bit, and you you get energy. Some people do it instead of Adderall. You know, it like gives you energy, clean the house. You could think better, yeah. almost see better a little bit. Paul Stammen, I think he said the neural connection difference. There's like normally like sixty firing or something, but that's why all the coders do it. I think it's somewhere up around near a thousand connections or or something. I don't know. It's it's insane. I can't speak to that, but yeah. So I've had this idea. I've had this idea of microdosing and then training. Yeah. And can. doing jujitsu mm-hmm. and doing Muay Thai. Yes. Yes, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm work. thinking now, does this accelerate the neural connections yes. and like yep. at rapidly yes. increases learning? Joe Rogan's buddy who's a world class kickboxer, when he, the days he's microdosing training, he said it's like the matrix. Nobody can touch him. Really? Yep. Okay, so this is on my to do list. Yeah, I'd say sometimes you almost see stuff in slow motion. Mm-hmm. You s- well, I kind of do that on weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more clear. Fair. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, because I had that idea the other day because I was like, man, I really want to try that. Yeah, I think there's a misconception of what shrooms are going to so, do to so you. The, so the microdosing then, from what I understand and what you were just saying, anything that I would want to learn, microdosing would essentially help me learn things better. Now I know every brain's different, so you have to try it for yourself. But, but yeah, I'd say it, it helps learning. For Anecdotally, sure. for you and people that you know. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Well, I mean, all the coders do it out on the west coast. And I don't know how to code, so I don't know. Well, <laughs> learn to code. Somebody I mean, I can code, only speak though. to yeah. my experience. Somebody, yeah. I can only <laughs> speak to my experience. And microdosing has helped my life immensely through, say, anxiety and using tools and things that therapists or whoever have like provided me while microdosing have helped reaffirm and reassure and build those things and walk through like he says elevated mm-hmm. like we talk about how life is on a vibration that it raises your vibration and I think that's you're being you're starting to be able to communicate in those vibrations a little more clearly or see them or uh, 
compute those vibrations. I forget where I heard it, but I think I was reading a study or something, but it, the number one answer from people with microdosing, the number one thing they said was, I feel like myself again, you know, because I guess they get so much anxiety or so much of the world kind of mm-hmm. heavy on their shoulders and just taking that kind of, it helps. Yeah, Paul, Paul Stamet said something about because of all the neural connections stimulating different areas of the brain with your creativity so high they think that's the reason anxiety and all the um mental health problems tend to go away just because if you're thinking creatively it's difficult to be unhappy i mean i'm not speaking for him i'm just telling you what i remember um but yeah and it taking heavier doses and going through a trip like you could um you could figure things out it kind of it, it gets rid of a lot of things that are blocking you from from figuring out your problems. Like uh, I've done things where I've had like a manager who I just can't figure out why they don't like me or something's not connecting. And then during a trip, I like it comes out, and I'm like, that's the reason. How come I didn't see that before? And so like it kind of it lets you look at things from a different perspective. And it gives you like a deeper clarity. Yes. Yeah. Well, you said something about. Because I said something to you, I was worried about doing the hero's journey because um, I was worried about it like turning into a bad trip, right? And because yeah. my biggest focus for doing it would be to fix problems. I want to fix anxiety and other things. And I don't want to go into something and then it proliferates the problem, makes it worse, you know, and that would be well, bad. But you said that I shouldn't be worried about that because, and what was exactly how you said it? Because the way you phrased it was really great. I don't know. Was I drinking when I said it? Possibly. Said it. <laughs> but you said that it won't show you. It doesn't show you anything that's not already inside. Yeah, or, that's true. You it's know, good. yeah. That, so you're already problems you're you're fighting or dealing with or anxieties you have. It brings it up. Now, if you have a bad trip, a lot of times that's you've got a lot you're dealing with and you're working it out. You're you're working it out that day. T- the next trip will be better. Like you've worked it out already, and so that's what a lot of people call a bad trip. Now, how many years have you been doing this? No. Oh. I don't know, it's probably 15 or something. And I, oh, wow. My so parents are going to hear this someday probably. Oh, fair. <laughs> so like this started back like, you know, college days. High school. High school. Yeah. Wow. And so you use this all through college then, all through your professional and adult like, life? No, I, I would just eat mushrooms here and there, like maybe a couple times a year here and there. But um, but recently, you know, always have them on hand. You could, you could experiment with them a little bit more, try them back. You don't want to waste them if it's like you're one time a year getting them for like a microdose how much do i take what's good what's not but um but now you know, giving you guys a chunk there you guys can can try it out and see oh fair i'm excited <clears throat> yeah i'm excited i i've been dabbling here recently um but just with the microdosing and um over this was it last weekend i think it was i think i did my highest dose i had done yet not enough to get anywhere close to like off the reservation, mm-hmm. um, but definitely enough that I had, um, I definitely couldn't go to sleep. I was awake, you know, and very attentive and intentional, right? Yeah, it'll keep you up all night, that's for sure. It, 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely realized that, and I was like, wow, okay, well, this yeah. is not a good four in the morning thing. So, uh, yes. yeah. but yeah, I, I'm. it definitely gave me the confidence to want to do it more because I think I was so scared going into it that I was really kind of easing my way. Yeah, that's what I feel and, like people have a misconception of what it actually is, especially on a microdose level. To feel it, to, at the, if you take a strong microdose, for me, a strong, I'm, I'll see some tracking and I'll be a little more giddy or a little more laughy, a little more... Yeah, I had been considering doing it in place of the daily smoking and just moving my smoking to the evenings... 
and then just doing the microdosing during the day for the energy, for the alertness, for mm -hmm. the for the higher neural connectivity. Yeah. When I was microdosing on like a regular basis, I was just taking a uh, predetermined size that I found was good for me of a piece I cut off, and I would just take it with my daily multivitamin. Right, that's a good idea. And just go from there. I didn't really replace it for my daily smoking because I wasn't, I'm not <clears throat> under the influence, you know, it's such a small amount. And then that small amount over long increments of time is what I'm being patient to do the work. If you want to work something out now, you're feeling it going into a hero's dose is kind of how you do it. Like it's hardcore therapy session in a moment, whereas you can work it out slowly through time through a microdose. This is this is definitely going to the desert, desert with me, hundred percent, hundred percent. So Vegas in December. <laughs> Vegas in December. Well, no, brother, I'm going to uh, Big Bend next month. I know, but we uh, Eddie Bravo called all the banners for December oh. for IBJJF. Okay, nobody nobody oh, yeah. clued the Muay Thai guy in on this. Yeah, so Eddie Bravo is saying he wants like 10 people from every gym to converge on IBJJF Las Vegas in December. And somehow you thought my name should be dropped in the Everybody's. consideration of people that would go? We got called to war, sir. Oh, but we could we could definitely stream a live podcast from that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be in the bleachers. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, you you'll can, have to fight another old guy. You can, yeah, oh, no. you'll, you'll be, you'll be in my division, <laughs> uh -huh. and uh, <laughs> we're gonna be fighting a bunch of black belts. But that's why I'm going no, hard. No, no, no. I reread the wait, rules. Wait, wait, wait. Oh no, yeah, they'll keep you at your belt level. It is very clear that you murder me in jujitsu. <laughs> so going against other old guys like you do, does not make me feel any better at all, it's even a little bit. Sam's working on getting back in real and fighting Sam's shape. Sam's like, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> well, no, dude. He had us. He had Show us. At, he had us at the gym. We had to fill up mulch bags so we had so we could weigh up duffel bags so we can throw them over his head. Yeah, I, I Sam, I I've strong. Got some, I've got some uh, mountain <laughs> mountain athlete horseman style ranger athlete warrior strength and conditioning. I'm about to be doing at least Tuesdays and Thursdays, maybe Saturdays, because I'm doing strength on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I'm actually going to be stepping in fighting again so i'm getting after it diet's really clean friday's my only cheat day now and the only day i drink or do anything so i'm about to be getting it pretty good i don't know if i'll be like i was when i was training for delta selection but for my age i'm gonna try to get there to be taking scalps again yeah. so respect let's go yeah. when are you coming back oh uh, tuesday Okay. Yeah. I just I love when you there. walk in the gym and these young dudes are like, okay. And then they <laughs> go, oh, it's <laughs> my favorite training partner. Him and I always Agreed. have the best technical roles. Like every mm. time we leave, I'm always like, I'm happy. Like I'm happy. It's just really like very problem solving. Good, good jujitsu. Yeah. Very yeah. problem solving. Any That's night, how I feel. Anyway. Any night I come into the gym and there, I usually try to snatch him up. I'm like, yeah, partner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everybody likes choking me. Uh, until they find out. <laughs> until they find out. <laughs> we all know better. <laughs> Everyone knows better. Even if we're even if we're like going kind of hard, it's just kind of flowy still. Yeah. With the jujitsu, that's why I like when we train together. You know. I'm not gonna hurt you if you start flipping around and I have your arm locked out. I'm gonna let it go. You right. Know? Yeah. No. Well, for the old guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll only be there Tuesday because then Wednesday I leave for the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. 
So so jealous. Oh yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What's the Kentucky oh, Bourbon Trail? Um, me. All of it. Yeah, we're there. We get there Thursday night, and then we go. So we're gonna be in Frankfurt, and we wake up Friday morning, and there's a special Blanton's Kentucky Derby thing being sold at Buffalo Trace. So we'll get in line real early. Stand there for a couple hours. We'll get that. Then we'll do a Buffalo Trace tour. Then we have a tour a couple hours later in uh, Four Roses. We're stopping by. Um, I like their stuff too. Uh, Woodford on the way, and then Wild Turkey, and then we're going to go down to uh, Bardstown. And then Bardstown, we're going to uh, Heaven Hill, and then we're going to dinner, and that's that's the first day. And then the second day is Jim Beam, and then Jim Beam has like a new restaurant built in there, and then Maker's Mark. And then uh, Bardstown Distillery food pairing thing. So, nice. I, I don't like planning trips early, but for, like before I get there, I like to get there then plan them. You but have to do Angels and me. Well, it's, it's Kentucky Derby weekend, and everything's booked up. Yeah. And I got a waiting list. I tried, I tried, I finally got it fully booked up. So, right on. It's gonna be awesome. That's awesome. That's man. what I'm saying, man. You're just having fun. Yeah, you. Should. I think like what it like. You're saying all these ventures of mm-hmm. business ventures, but it looks like you're just. Well, it's life. I might as well try to do something fun, make a little, put yeah. a little money in the pot so I can keep having fun. Well, you guys, I guess. Video gaming a little bit, <laughs> you know. You guys see me play hard, but I don't, like, <clears throat> every night. I, I do an eight-hour day in the office, and then I do, like, four hours doing flooring and painting and baseboards, and I'm working on my rental properties and stuff. And so I'm doing 10-plus-hour days yeah, every you're day. you're grinded, and, you yeah. know, just because you're grinded doesn't mean you're not having fun. Yeah. In the, the interim, I can't do video games right now. I just I just mean your video game in your life. I, I used yeah. to, I, I love yeah. video games, but yeah. I can't do them anymore. I feel like I need to be productive, and that's when I started doing like tax lanes, which is my new video game where I get online and I dissect them all, and then I go once a year and I bid on those. That's my video game, and it's paying off so far. Yeah, no, <laughs> fair. I, I like that. I'm I can't even. I don't. Other than Disney Plus being on my TV for my daughter, like. I'm always listening to YouTube while I'm doing something else, just absorbing information. You know, I joked around to a buddy of mine a while ago calling it like the Jerry's kids version of the matrix. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're just uploading, like even while I'm making dinner, I'm just listening to topics that interest me or, or, you know, trying to absorb new stuff. Cause it's like, it's entertaining anyway, you know, and even at night I end up reading more often than not now than anything. I'm, I'm always better than I was yesterday. That's I go to bed always better than I was yesterday. So that could be absorbing one podcast. That could be just doing my laundry. You know, that's better than what I had yesterday, if that's at the minimum. But I'm always doing something. So if you just do that one little thing every single day, then after a year, like, that's a huge difference. And you don't even see it happen. Well, it's like that habits thing my grandpa sent me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Incremental steps. That's all it takes, uh-huh. you know. Oh, that's what everybody says. Is you, that's the key to progress. Progress is just moving forward. Nobody ever said how far. You know, as long as you're just moving forward, that's all it takes. Uh-huh. And it sometimes you move forward a lot. Sometimes you don't. But as long as you keep moving forward, you will eventually get there. You know, and that's what you were talking about. You know, fall in love with the grind, right? Mm-hmm. Coming into the process. Well, and I, I think the other thing that helps synergistically is, you know, if they say you're the the sum total of the five people you spend the most time around Mm -hmm. uh that exponentially it's like ripples in a pond that network expanding you tend to find people with similar interests or similar mindsets and it 
that gravitates out and it doesn't just make you better but it makes other people better if the, right. if the goal is and i know you hate altruism i <laughs> 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 got him um but that means something you know well uh, you what i've realized with this experience here right lately is not just the importance of that with yourself but when I surround myself with five good people and you surround yourself with five good people and you surround yourself with five good people, I'm starting to realize that it's been a minute since I've not met good people. Everybody in my network, it just, it fingers out so far. It's like everyone that I'm meeting is good people because everyone has good people around them and those people have good people around them and it just creates this web. And that has been influencing more positive change in my life. You know, and it's it, it's getting to it, we're starting to joke about it, but it's getting to the point to like every time I have a conversation, it's like, well, I know somebody, <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> you know, well, because you do. Actually, it's like the message. Uh, I know, Eric, right? You haven't got a chance yet, but smoke. He sent us a message from Mississippi and I've been trying for years. I've talked about intermittent fasting. He kind of already did it. And then I started doing 36 hour, you know, when we talked about it a while ago. And he's been implementing that and making changes, and he's literally dropped, like, almost 40 pounds in the last two months. And people down there are like, what are you doing? And now his wife and his kids and his oldest daughter's mm -hmm. boyfriend's doing it. Friends of his are like, what are you doing? He's like, listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, you know, it's kind of the on the back of our business card, you know, change the world. Right. Right? Like, try to make every better. You know, a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things. That, and that was actually something me and my mom were talking about today. When you do things for other people, when you truly care about their success, you are taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know? And you're not going to fake that. So you either care or you don't. And so many people out there are so aligned with, like, what they're doing or what they want and they're misaligning their interest. It's okay to want something, but you can find people that have interests that are aligned with yours, and then you can do things to help them, and they can do things to help you, and then you can achieve the same goals, you know? It doesn't always have to be a selfish endeavor. Well, and I think even kind of to a, on a deeper level, if you find- You're gonna go deeper. Yeah, we're going <laughs> deeper. I'm in the mood. If you, Come well, here. Okay, all right. <laughs> I got uh, a very soft beard today, brother. If you, yeah, uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> fucked if him you, up a little, bit. I know. <laughs> and you're, like, you're <laughs> fucking <laughs> with my chi, dude. You're like re <laughs> reminisced about how soft his beard was. Yeah, like, oh, I know, yeah. I know. Odd <laughs> <laughs> uh, tingle. If you, if you find that common ground with people, and your ultimate principles are good, um, that common ground, the positivity can truly rub off on others and if they see you know a net positive benefit to other people people will absorb that the hardest thing for people is the discipline to stay the course but the more you have that good plugged in network the more you have a you have reinforcement mechanisms for that positivity and the discipline and all the other things it takes so uh like i'm going through a lot right now but the network that I have, the family that I have, aside from my, you know, my, and I have great parents, you know, great biological family, but um, it just exponentially helps in the hard times and then in the good times. 
dude, buckle up. Right. Wear a four-point yep. harness because it's going to take off. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel sometimes like I worry so much about like going off the path. You know, it's like because I fell off the path quite a few times in life. So th- there's reasons to worry. <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't an unfounded fear. So. You know, I'm worried. I quite worry quite a bit about like falling off the path, and and I was kind of thinking through it the other night, and and sometimes I visualize things, and I was kind of visualizing myself in the path, and I was thinking about being like in a bowling alley, and I kind of felt like I was on a bowling alley with one of those bumpers. It's like it's, I can't come off the path. I got all these people here. If I move, I'm just move back, and that reinforcement keeps me on the path. Yeah, as long as long as the. As long as the people you're surrounding yourself with have your best interest at heart, even though they may not get the details correct, the the general guiding principles are going to stay correct, and it's going to help you course correct without, you know, a massive left or right turn that's going to bite you in the ass. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, because it's those major course <clears throat> corrections that get you. Yeah. Right. Or the pauses or the hesitations and the stops. Those are the ones that get you. You know, I, I had a, that was a theme that earlier this week. I was with a, a really good friend of mine and a client of mine, and, and he was in the process of making a business decision and he was hesitating. And I got, I, you know, me, I don't like that. And so I got really kind of nervous about it. And then finally I was kind of pushy and I was like, do it, you know, and then he did. And then, the next day, he was like, hey, everything worked out. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> you know? I was like, action, let's go. <laughs> you know, you can't stop. But if I wouldn't have been there in that moment in his life, he knew what to do. He had the right answer. It's analysis paralysis. Yeah, it just, I needed, just needed that little nudge, and I just happened to be the right person at the right time to nudge him. Stillness mm-hmm. is death. Stillness <laughs> is death. You know? I, so many decisions in my life that have been missed on or failed have all been caused from hesitation. It's the door opens and then it closes. Yeah. And then and I was always right there at the threshold staring at it, wanting to go through, and then it would just stop. And, you know, and it, and it, I watched that happen reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. And that's when I decided it was like... No, now now we just do things. You know, the motto of the British SAS, which is the kind of grandfather of Army Delta, which is the premier counter-terror unit of the world, is uh, he who dares wins, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to dare, and you may <coughs> lose micro battles, but ultimately if, you, if that is your philosophy and... You're not willing to take risks, but they're calculated. And I think if you have good people surrounding you, uh, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna kind of come up on top. Um, and I know that's been true in my life. Uh, and you know that that circle can kind of expand and contract, but the the dead weight will fall off if people aren't truly aligned mm-hmm. um and uh ultimately though even the people who might not be completely aligned in the beginning if they see that synergistic energy and the positivity they can be pulled into the fold and they can continue to help everybody else mm-hmm. so 
Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I noticed this past weekend, like meeting your group. Like, you have a solid group of people. I was really surprised. It's about everybody I met blended so well. It's like, you know, usually when you have these giant groups coming together from all these different people, it sometimes gets awkward. But, you know, I couldn't really tell who was with who. You, you just walk into the room and everybody was just kind of blended together and you were kind of like, wow, you know, that's neat. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, your group has a good energy to it for sure. Mm-hmm. I like them guys. Yeah. They're crazy, but they're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the best thing. <clears throat> and again, too, to see your network all show up for you, too. I'm like, they, like, he's got that energy that people want to be around to to a point where they're like, all right, let's go lift some shit. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, with the, with the tornadoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people came. I still got to do a post thanking everybody. I've been cool because I worked myself so hard, then I got sick. Yeah, no and one's worried about a <laughs> Facebook post. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't even look at Facebook. <laughs> like, well, there's. But that's what I'm saying. The group of people don't care about a Facebook post because they, they got to hang out with Tom. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, everybody had fun. And then also, he met a bunch of people yeah, connected like, with my, my brother and his, his people with their, their podcast. Yeah, we're going to be linking up with those guys here shortly. They have a uh, another podcast. I don't have my notes on me. Do you know the name of their podcast? Daddy O Patio. Daddy O Patio. Daddy O Patio. So they apparently they're OGs. They've been around for a long time. Uh, Ooh, right on. Am I, I don't want to misquote. I think it was 2013. That's when they started the podcast, but okay. they had the VHS like camcorder making movies and stuff since they're little kids. There's oh my goodness, wow. yeah, thousands of yeah. hours of that. So yeah. they have tons of audio video experience, and uh, cool. they produced yeah. movies in, in Hollywood and worked audio and sets at major movie sets. Uh, I'm really excited about talking with these guys, and uh, they obviously are going to share a lot of their experience with us and kind of help us with our audio. They said that they'll get us all tuned in, and I'm excited about that because so cool. yeah. I 100% know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for the captain. <laughs> thank you, captain. So, but uh, you know, so it's just being able to do that. But you know, it wasn't I don't know. I think the ability for the network, and you know, whether it be universal intervention, you know, I'm still struggling with that one, man. I'm that has been kicking my butt this week a lot. But it's like it's almost getting to the point. It's funny. You know, I show up and I meet someone and it's like, oh, hey, by the way, I, I and, and I just so happen to be building a sound studio for the purposes of recording podcasts, right? And then here this guy shows up and he's like, oh, by the way, I'm just a professional audio guy and <laughs> I own a podcast. I'm an OG and I just do all that. And I'm like, oh, of course you do. <laughs> it's, it just becomes laughable. And then the very next day... Mm-hmm. A longtime client of mine and good friend of mine that I have known for the better part of eight or nine years um, says, oh, yeah, I have an audio video company. Yeah, we produce movies. And I was like, of course you do. <laughs> we got cranes and everything. Awesome. And I was like, oh, Stone Apes movie coming up. <laughs> what the hell, man? So it's like, how awesome is that? How do you not just feel grateful? Right. Yeah. There's no, I no, but you you can't take credit for that. Nothing, nobody did that. How do you just not just stop and go grateful? Like fuck, cool. Yeah, what's wrong with it? You know, <laughs> damn right. Thank you, and move on. <laughs> the more you learn about the 
the more things you learn about people in your network, in your circles, uh, it can help you shape your environment. I actually taught a, a class on it to new lieutenants, which was, it had to do with asymmetric warfare, but I taught a class, like it could have got political science credit probably, but it was called uh, Performing an Operational Environment, but it teaches you how to shape your environment, and it can apply to anything, because there's different you know, facets and specializations and everywhere that you live, work, you know, in the military context, fight. But if you learn those things and you find out, you get plugged into who the people are, there's a reason, I don't care, cross-culturally, whatever, people rise to a certain position, usually for a reason. And it has a lot to do with how they are as people. Mm -hmm. And once you can kind of crack that nut, can help you to shape that now if you're a bad person that could be for for you know you've seen it with tyrants and stuff but mm-hmm. if if your goal is to kind of make everybody better and rise you know raise everybody up uh dude like you can make your community great really really great well i feel like we are doing an excellent job of it that is, it's been some of the most positive movement in my life that I think I've ever experienced. I, I look back on the last two years, three years of my life, and I don't think I've ever lived through a time that's been more dynamic. I've seen more life change in the last two years than I have in most of my life. Yeah, it is crazy that the diverse dynamic of people of all walks of life just converging together. And this small little random town in middle America. Well, you know, and it was like that idea that we that me and you talked about the other day. I think we all three talked about it. It's like when you realize I used to have all this regret on the decisions I made in life and the path that I walked and things that I did. It's like, you know, I wished I would have stayed in the military. I would have did this or I would have did that. But now I'm getting to this point in my life where I'm surrounding myself with so many compliments. That it's like, well, I don't have to have done that because Sarge did that. Sarge did what I couldn't do. He lived that life. And then you did what I couldn't do. You became the black belt, right? Because I was over here doing the business thing. And then those things that I never would have been able to do, right? And so we only have so much life to be able to do. But when you could surround yourself with those compliments, those people that bring those other lives, those other possibilities in, then like Sarge was saying, you grow from that. It, It makes you bigger. It makes you better. You know, you wouldn't have been who you are today if you would have made those decisions, if you wouldn't have. Right. I had to have. And then I wouldn't be the compliment for you guys that I need to be if I wouldn't have made those decisions. It would completely misalign the dynamic. So you made the right decision back then. I believe so now. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, now I don't have that regret. I think that that realization has helped me move past that. You know, because I really struggled when the Army boys were here. Everybody was kind of talking about that in. Prior to really that moment, that's when I was starting to kind of come into this realization. Prior to that moment, I would have just been like, oh, biggest mistake I ever made was getting out of the military. I wish I would have just stayed in. I wish I would have just changed this. I would have went green to gold. And I would have laid out this plan for them of exactly everything that I would have done differently. But when I was sitting there and I was listening to Sarge and I was listening to to you talk to him and, and I was like, it didn't feel like the right message. Right. Yeah. So I just shut up. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, well, well and I need to explore this one a little further. I can look at a lot of things I'd have done differently. Um, but even with those guys, what do you want to do? You know, like, uh, even in that wheelhouse, I can give pretty specific advice, career field immaterial for the military. Um, but what, what do you want to accomplish? Like what's important to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it might not necessarily be what I wanted to do. Like, I know what I wanted to do, and I didn't accomplish all those things. However, I'm not unhappy with where my life is you know, right. uh, uh, either, you know. Uh, even, you know, interpersonal stuff being rough right now aside, uh, I'm still very happy with where the rest of my life is, you, you know. Um, and that that's important, you know, that guidance... Or those little tidbits you may take from people, you may get somebody may say one statement to you that'll be impactful, mm-hmm. you know, and you can be like, "Oh!" And as long as it's not, you know, there's a lot of people you'll see in interactions who are, they're always trying to pull on the toxic, or they like drama, or whatever, um, because they get a dopamine hit from it or something. You don't need that. It's bad, right? Yep. But if they're looking at you going and they legitimately want the best for you, you may not agree with everything they say. However, you know, it's like smoke. Uh, Him and I talk almost every day. You know, we're impacting his circle down there in Mississippi. And but he'll say just like maybe one thing that will make me go. Yeah, man, that's a valid point because he has my best interest in mind. Right. So. Yeah, I get a lot of that. Like every day, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, what are your big plans then? What What do you got going on for your future? When you gonna be a black belt? Is that in Is that in uh, its future? You got to keep showing up. Is what I hear. Yeah, that's, that's all you got to do. Keep Show showing up. up. Keep showing up. So yeah, I mean, I plan on keep showing up. Injuries and age will fight against me, but. Uh, yeah, I do plan on showing up. Cool. And then you're going to start Muay Thai at some point. I've already started. Yeah. I've you been kind of, you know, I'm dabbling. Kind of dabbling, mm-hmm. kind of dabbling. you got to work on my elbows is what you say. Yeah, your yeah. elbows. Yeah, you're a killer with your hands. you got good striking. Really good striking. Thank you. How many years of striking experience do you have? Oh, a few. A few at different gyms, but nothing too crazy. I, I did at the last gym would put gloves on and give rounds to people getting ready for fights and stuff and so but i could take beatings back then more right you were a good punching bag yeah I spent years of that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have served my time some of, some, of some of that's where you get the best you know yeah like that's I've, most improvements dude i've gotten guys ready for fights and uh because of traumatic brain injury and other stuff i know i can't do that anymore but that doesn't mean I can't provide value because I've had dudes give me shout outs like, hey, man, that guy helped me out. Right. You know, like you don't always got to be the guy getting the belt. You're behind the guy who got the belt. And then you you brought you helped raise them up. Right. Yeah. I've I've always been okay with just being on the team. Uh Like, you know, I never really cared to be that guy in the spotlight. I didn't need to be the champion. I'm perfectly okay with just being in that guy's corner. 
you know, raising that guy up and let watching him live that experience is just as satisfying. For Get me. him, give him solid work. And then I think too, and maybe that's why I'm an educator. But for me, it's like because you can live that when you're the coach, when you're the supporter, you can live that over and over and over and over and over again. You know, the guy that's experiencing that only gets that singular event. You know, so I don't know, and it kind of pushes you through. Yeah, I mean, until that person can get to a point where they can coach and they can bring people up, and then right. you know, which is that's again our ultimate goal right. is you know, rising those all around us and. Always, right? right? Well, you talk about that all the time about making everybody around you better than you, right? Ego aside, just make everybody better than you. It's, it's not about how good you are; it's about just being the best that you can be, mm-hmm. and then trying to make everybody else as good as you and better. Yeah. Well, the only outcome of make someone being better than me is they're going to make me better, right? If you look at it any other way, then I'm sorry, I will argue that you're wrong. Every, the people I surround, every person I surround myself with is better at me in some kind of way, age aside. It doesn't matter. Someone has something that I'm not good at, and we need to keep value in that. You know, every, there's people who are, like you said this before, you know, people are black belts at driving, black belts at cleaning their house. There's people that mm-hmm. fucking take care of shit that, you know, I'm not a black belt at, you know. People keep their cars clean. <laughs> people do that. you know what i'm saying like i may be good at this one thing but there's people out there that are way better at other stuff yeah right you know like they handle their business in other ways and that needs to be respected like i I, everybody i look at is a capable person i never see somebody who can't right right? everybody like i look at any person like because i know that because I can do hard things, other people can do hard things. And if they can be better than me at doing hard things, then shit, they're just going to make me go like, oh, I can do hard things too. Right. You can right. learn from anybody. Yep. And if you look at everybody as somebody you can learn something from, then it gives you a better perspective. I agree with that. Yeah, I try to embrace that. And that's difficult sometimes. But, yeah, the, it, I get information all the time from the most unlikely places. And it just, like, cool (laughs) yeah i mean ego's a real thing man and it's a it's a necessary evil of survival of being an animal an enlightened animal i would say you know you got to protect yourself you have to protect your energies you have to protect those around you you know what's yours right Mm -hmm. you have to have an ego but you also have to be able to look in and check your ego and you you know everything yeah i mean you got to know it's just like I say jujitsu, right? There's times to jujitsu and then there's times to wrestle, right? You got to jujitsu, you got to jujitsu until it's time to wrestle and you got to go. Right? Right. You got to put that mindset in of I am winning this now, you know? We, in jujitsu, we can get away, get away with losing a little bit to get, you know? I can give a little bit here. I can get a little bit there. Wrestling, you don't give. You take, right? you know? And there's a time for both. Mix and match, switch it on and off. Right, exactly. It's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Right, time to counters. Time to just bully. Right. Well, it's like we talked about with Jason today. You know, he was talking about dealing with inmates potentially or bad situations <clears throat> or whatever. And I, we were like, you know, sometimes you need to apply a Muay Thai mentality. Like in a self defense situation, to 
if you're gonna apply jujitsu, apply the Muay Thai mentality to jujitsu. No, yeah. I'm running through you yeah. like a freight train. I mean, right. it's designed for battle, but that could apply to anything, mm-hmm. really. You know, no. Yeah, I think that always comes down to, for me, like methodology, the mentality of fighting, right? Your strategy. I, I mean, I've spent a lot of time developing a mental strategy for fighting, and I call it a presence, right? Your ring presence. You, that's what you're bringing your persona to that space, and you're creating for your opponent in experience with your body language, with your movement, with your fighting techniques, with your presence. And, you know, I, I always alluded to like asserting your will on others. Right. But you you try to do that with everything in life. Right. We, we, we have to enter our environment with that presence in control, right. Taking charge of that environment, you know, and that, we, we talked a lot about that last night at class because I was doing small space footwork drills and then I was forcing them. They've been working on different patterns of footwork movement going in and out of, you know, um, different striking ranges and then coming in in angles. And so I, I shrunk the ring down so that they couldn't move as much. And so it forced them to be a little bit more efficient with their movement and tactile. But it would also force them to have to push forward. Right, mm-hmm. because they couldn't just run for now, yep. so it changed that kind of patternal movement. I bet Drew hated that. Oh, it was it was challenging for everybody. I mean, they they all struggled with it. It's not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. but you know, it gave me the opportunity to kind of explain to them to what it meant to take the center of the ring. Why the center of the ring doesn't matter how big the ring is. You just control the center, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like chess. You control the center of the board. Those four pieces in the middle are the most important. Right. And so when you control that center space and you control your footwork, and that's where I always come back to the basics, right? The best fighter is the one that has the best footwork, that controls the pace of the fight, the space of the fight. He's the one that's in charge. He's going to control the ring and where that is going, right? He can still lose the fight because there are other factors there, but the pace of that fight will be dictated by that person. And if he brains the correct pace with the correct techniques you know with the correct strategy then he's going to be successful and but it was all part of that movement and that pattern and that and it's that like you said it feels bullying they don't like that you know because you're cutting off their angles and you're cutting off their paths of movement and you're make taking the escapes away and you're pressuring and you're moving their punching positions out of the way and then they get uncomfortable and it's like you know they feel like they're being bullied and i was like and you're not even being hit yet you know think about that like nobody even started throwing punches that's just braining yourself to that space. And if you can captivate that in fighting, you can translate that into anything in your life. There are times when you have to be that person in other spaces. So old uh, Steelers coach Chuck Knoll, he had a saying, champions are champions, not because they do extraordinary things great, but they do ordinary things better. goes right in line with what you were just saying. Yeah, and that, I mean, that goes – to anything the basics it's like a military special operations everybody is like well is this a it's laughable when you see it but everybody's like well is this an advanced course or a spec a special operations course or whatever like for the most part it's basic blocking and tackling as one of my old commanders used to say right like the it's not that they do advanced stuff it's that they do the basic stuff to perfection they don't do it till they can get it till they don't get it wrong like they do it till they can't get it wrong right 
basically. You know, it's like it's like the most ba- – it's like uh, when you had me doing warm-ups and I asked you a couple weeks ago before I had everything go on and I said, hey, can I just work on some of these fundamental movements? And we ended up spending quite a bit of time that night on it because I was like, look, bridging and shrimping. Work on some of this stuff on your own because all these movements, like a text stand, right, or a reverse, a reverse text stand, like all those movements – are fundamental to everything you're doing, moving your body and then being able to move their body. It's just the basics, Mm -hmm. right? And then maybe you move your arm here, do this other thing, but it's, that's basically what it is, you know? No. Yeah. I don't know where to go with that one. (laughs) I got a question. Yeah. Um, when you guys had the priest here who could see the future, how come you guys didn't ask him any future questions? Because that's totally what I would have done. <laughs> He'll be on again. I don't think he claimed <clears throat> to see the future. I don't know. I think he claimed a little bit of future seeing. He, he claimed his premonition. Self, his he self claimed future. premonition. Like he saw himself in the future. Yeah. He said, I, I got more of a, uh, what do you call that? He could see further ahead in the timeline. Or the further ahead on the field of oh, view so or much. something. There, there was a lot there. He'd be good at jujitsu if he could do that. Oh, you know, you would. Think. I already beat you. <laughs> go sit down. You tapped in. You already minutes. lost. <laughs> Just tap out now. <laughs> uh, we should have. We should have asked that. I don't know why we, we didn't ask that. Talked about aliens and seeing dead people, and I, have, I had questions. For There's him. so many more questions. Oh, yeah. I have. That's to why oh, we I, have the I, comment so section, Tom. I already. <laughs> I already you told. Guys have a comment section. I already told. Yeah, we do. We have a comment section. I had no idea. I'm gonna. I already told Father Mark, I said, we're going to shoot another podcast, and we're going to book one that's going to be about three hours. And then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of all of this I'm going to have notes this time. Yeah, we're we're going to take notes. We're going to come. Now that we know what to expect, we're going to come. Just try to take us back really quick. I wasn't wasn't un... uh, I don't know. Like, all of his answers. Because I didn't ask gotcha questions, but I asked questions I've had before. You know, a few of them. And... um, I, I wasn't like, yeah, no, not really feeling that. Like, that was a cop-out. Like, everything he kind of said, I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like he was genuine in I his think so answer. For yeah. sure, yeah, 100%. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah. Hiding, like, he wasn't hiding anything. No. He was telling it how it was, or at least how he believed it to be. For sure. Unless he knew your questions ahead of time. Oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. Oh, Whoa, man. my goodness. Got me. <laughs> Is that why he had a notebook? <laughs> Oh, that's so crazy. No, man, we completely oh, missed it. <laughs> Fuck me up. <laughs> no, he did, like, I can't say I didn't feel any, like, he was just honest in his opinion, and he kept it as his, like, yeah. he wasn't, there was no enforcing or mm-hmm. trying to be like, no, you have to be, well, this was, is the answer. You know, he I never, felt it was very uh, non-denominationally, relevant mm-hmm. kind of more way more so than i thought it would be to include even calling out his own canon right you, you know well you was... know one of my takeaways from that podcast in in sitting down with father mark was this realization whatever the truth is whatever the reality is right it doesn't matter just just call it the truth right we are all existing in it 
whether we want to believe it or not. Or the Matrix. Whatever it is. Whatever. We're that's, exist- what, that's the truth. We're exist- <laughs> that's the truth is we're yeah, existing, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever the truth whatever is. Whatever each person's individual understanding or interpretation of that truth is, if that benefits them in their pursuit of life and personal and spiritual growth, then who am I to tell them any different? I can only hope to do the same thing for myself. And that's the reality of it. Because nobody can prove anything. We're all in this together. And whatever your individual interpretation of that reality is, if that helps you be the best person that you can be, then I support you, sir. And then I'm going to try to do the same thing for myself. And if somebody else is doing that, as long as what you believe isn't hurting someone else, or you're not trying to push your beliefs or toxic beliefs onto someone else or take away freedoms, then you can believe whatever you want, you know, to to a to a to a point, to to a, to a degree, right? Sounds like the um, Constitution within reason. Within reason, everything's you know, within reason. I wouldn't want to support somebody hurting themselves or something right. like that, but you know, right. I, I would love to to think that it would be toward that that pursuit of positive growth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. What's your take on life? Oh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I do mushrooms. I met God. (laughs) We had a conversation the other day, and it went a little like this. (laughs) No, I don't know. You don't know? You haven't met God? Not a mushroom, no. No, No, not yet. Oh, you didn't say no. You didn't say no. Dimethyl triptyline. No. (laughs) I want to try that so bad. The, the, The elves. Yeah, I want to do the ayahuasca journey. Elves. They all see the elves. Yeah, that's kind of scary. I don't know what that is. Well, the, and the fact that people who've never met can be like, "Yeah, I had this experience," and they actually told me, "I meet you someday." I heard somebody say that people who'd never met on a totally different thing. I'm like, what? And you don't believe in other dimensions, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't met the Mid elves. Inhale. You, you Mid just inhale. Thank you for that. You just yeah. haven't met the elves. <laughs> you will soon. Hey, dude, I want to do an ayahuasca journey so bad. You will believe in another dimension. I am in the veteran. That's why I asked Sign me about, up. about the uh, veteran treatments using, you know, psilocybin and some of the psychoactive stuff. Just the. I have yet to hear of a bad experience or a positive outcome. And it's very interesting because cross cultures, it, dude, forever, it's been used uh, ritualistically to heal. Um, and it makes you go, wait a minute, you know, maybe maybe there's something to it. And now they're doing it in clinical set- settings, and mm-hmm. it uh, it's very interesting when you start getting into that and listening to the research and the outcomes and everything else. So. See, we need to get somebody in here that has got a lot of research and science on that. Yeah, we need a, doc- to learn we need a, a lot doctor more about running that. one of those programs. That'd be great. For sure. So how, what's your biggest dose and what happened? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. Just uh, just eating some. I don't know, eating uh, an eighth, maybe two eighths, something like that. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you don't, you don't see things. You just kind of feel, yeah. I don't know. You just kind of go through your thoughts, and kind of goes in waves. And you you trip for a little bit, and then you come out of it, and then you're like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And then you go back in for a little bit, and you go back out. And uh, you know, that's I've done that a few times. 
Okay. Yeah. No expert in it. It's like that. Come over to my house. You can do it wearing night vision. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Colors and all that stuff. I mean. The mental image that just went through my mind. (laughs) It was a lot to process. (laughs) I'm stuck with that. (laughs) You're welcome. No, man. Mm. All right. (laughs) Shaking that off. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. So yeah, I, I'm in, I'm so curious to try it. I'm excited. I kind of want to watch. Oh man, Me too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm antsy about it. I just want to know if the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> I mean, I'm super excited for it because I was turkey hunting today, picking up morels, and I literally was googling psilocybin mushrooms while I was doing it. Okay, so of course was, you were. I really was. <laughs> Check out my my history. Check tape, bro. <laughs> the, 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 the universe was like, oh. I know. That's I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Because I'm just so you just manifested, right? Something <laughs> something happened there. If you look on the bottom of them when they turn blue when they're bruised, that's yeah. usually a good sign of psilocybin. Shit. Yeah, it's a whole lot of blue. <laughs> and they, they they taste like a mixture of sunflower seeds and acorns. So. That's very specific. Yeah. That's what I think they taste like. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. It's like, so it's magically delicious? <laughs> you might want to eat it with something else, though, too. Wasn't that the name of our March episode? Magically delicious? Oh, Lord Almighty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. Well, I am I'm really am interested to see what the results of that are going to be. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping it does accelerate learning. So that's going to be a big thing. If I can use that to accelerate learning and increase, you know, better pathways with that. You guys should record a podcast while microdosing, and then you could delete it if it turns out bad. And nobody said anything. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are quiet for four hours. <laughs> it's complete you silence. They never got to upload phantom, this. No, I didn't. I heard somebody cough. Phantom giggles from the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you get the giggles sometimes. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we are at about the wrap-up time. You want to go ahead and call it, guys? Sure. All right. We appreciated having you on today, sir. We're definitely going to have you back in the future. We're going to – let's plan the mushroom episode, and then we're going to go ahead and do that. We should do that and see how that's going to roll. <laughs> that may or oh, may man. not make it to the air. No, that no. may be one of those could, like no. private releases. Totally could. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be a thing. So, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate everyone for hanging out with us up until this point in time. If you are still here, please make sure that you click subscribe and go ahead and hit that notification bell so that you don't miss future episodes when they drop. We will drop episodes every week. We want to give a shout out to our episode sponsor, Malevolent Art Tattoo Studio out of Barnhart, Missouri. Go visit our man, Anthony Ferguson, over there. He does an excellent job. He has got a staff and a beautiful location. And if you send him a message, you can look in the description to find a link to his shop. Uh, get a hold of him. Send him your ideas. Let him know that you're coming from the Stone Dapes. He is going to give you 
20% off of any booked tattoo, which is an excellent deal. So go over there and make sure that you check him out. We also have our sponsor, Elliot Growth, over at eGrowth Productions. He does all of our audio and video work. He's been doing photography for us here lately. Uh, here recently, he has launched our Instagram page, uh, which we look to be having some great stuff coming out of that. Uh, he's also shot some stuff for 10th Planet. You can go into the description. You can see the link. Head over to 10th Planet instagram page and see some of the work there if you reach out to him and mention the stoned apes you get 10 percent off any service offered by his audio video company and that is a pretty good deal elliot also owns gateway tattoo studio out of arnold missouri he is an appointment only artist so if you go into the description and find his email link there send him your ideas he does black and gray and he specializes in realism work so work out something with him that you guys will probably uh, find to be better than you thought going into it and then uh, he's going to do an exceptional piece for you if you mention the stoned apes in that email you will get fifty dollars off any half day booked appointment so we would like to thank our sponsors and everyone affiliated with the podcast we'd like to thank our guests thank you for coming in and seeing us and for this episode the stoned apes are out